Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And we have another interview tonight of a woman who made quite a journey from polygamy uh, into the Mormon church and then finally to rest in the truths of biblical Christianity. She has a very interesting story, so take some notes uh, during our discussion and uh, during the last half of the show you'll be able to call in and ask her some questions or make some comments and have conversation with our guest. But first, we need to remind everyone that the Utah State Legislature is still in session, and they will be until March 14th, and they are being lobbied by the pro-polygamy forces. Our legislators need to be reminded that polygamy is prohibited by the Utah State Constitution and that each legislator has vowed to uphold the Utah Constitution as they're in office and we citizens need to hold them accountable. So write or call or email or go see your lawmakers and let them know that we will not tolerate a continued lowering of our moral standards to accommodate those who prefer to who refuse to obey the law and that's what the polygamists are doing you know we we dare not stand by and allow the court uh, to legislate polygamy from the bench either and that's what may happen if we don't stand up for the truth and for proper procedure I'd also like to mention that the Utah County Outreach uh, we'll be showing the Transitions series on a Saturday, March 2nd from 9 a.m. until noon. And um, that is day after tomorrow. Now, they need to know how many people will be in attendance. So if you want to come, uh, you need to RSVP them. And you can do that by calling 801-374-8489. 374-8489. And you can call that number to get more information as well. And if you're questioning or are transitioning out of your Mormon belief system into biblical Christianity, this meeting is perfect for you. And for more information, you can also email way61 at hotmail.com. Now, this is a very good um, a meeting for people who are questioning or transitioning out of their Mormon faith. So uh, I would suggest and, and heartily recommend that you give it a try. I was told last week by um, a, a Facebook friend that we needed to tell our viewers that we're on Facebook. So I thought maybe I better mention that tonight. I don't think I have before. You can find us on Facebook. We do have a page. It's called Polygamy What Love Is This? So you can search for that. Or you can go to our website, uh, whatloveisthis.tv, and just click that little Facebook uh, icon, and you can find us on Facebook. Well, our guest tonight <clears throat> was born and raised in the All Red Polygamy Group. She left the group and joined the Mormon Church, and after years of depression and the uselessness of a smorgasbord religion, she left Mormonism altogether and embraced the biblical God and the truth of Jesus Christ, and she became a Christian. So we invited her here to share her story, so she's here with us tonight. I'd like to introduce and welcome our special guest, Mary Ann 
Woodward. Thank you, Mary, for being here. Thank you for having me. You got a great story. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's your story, and you get to tell it. So we'll, we'll talk about you. You were born and raised in the All Red Group. Were you born in Utah, and, and where in Utah? I was. I was born in American Fork. Wow, American um, Fork. Ruling All Red uh, delivered me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was the first. My, I had siblings that were older than me, and they had come from the LDS Church, the mainstream church. Mm -hmm. And I was the first of my mother's children born in the group. Oh, you were. So yes. you got that special recognition. Huh? Yes. I actually have a, a brother that's from another mother who's, um, uh, well, three days older than I am. Four. Four, four days four older. Four days older than, than you. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like being a yeah. twin, isn't it? We called each other twins. <laughs> <laughs> How many so, mothers did you have? How many wives did your um, father have? My, my dad had four at one time. That was the most he had. But most of the time it was just three. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. So did you get along with your siblings and your... For the most part, yeah. And your other mothers? We, I, we did. I was, I was too young to understand all of the situation, but... Mm -hmm. For the most part, we all got along really well. At least the children did. The adults didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where it, that's where it all comes together, isn't it? Yes. You said that much of, of your memory of your childhood is blank to you, but you do remember that you were afraid a lot. Then, and most of your fear what, what seemed to be coming from uh, the men or the males in your life. Um, do you think that was because you were pressed by the, the males or were you abused by them? Do you know, do you know now why? I wasn't abused myself by the men in polygamy. I witnessed a lot of my loved ones, my sisters, my mother, mm. and some of the women being abused or just being degraded. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard for me. I it was it was uh, it just made me feel. It made me feel over the years that I, you know, I wasn't important, women weren't important, you know, men ruled. Is that where your fear came from, is when you saw people you loved being yes. abused by them? And that was yes. just physical abuse or verbal abuse? Or? It was both. It was both. It was um, all kinds of abuse and mm -hmm. verbal abuse, more physical abuse. Mm. Um, did that scare you then when you saw It the did scare abuse? me, and it made me angry. Yeah. As a child, it made me very, very angry. And do you think the the fact that you were living in poly that that they were living in polygamy and the frustrations and the anger that results from those relationships? Do you think that causes more uh, abuse than absolutely? Than it brings would? out um, with my mom and these other wives. It brings out heartache and anger, and they lash out. And yeah. I mean, there's there were there was rarely a time when they were getting along. Rarely, I'm. They were, and they lived in the they same. They did home. not love each other at all. Yeah, they so, love the sister wives. Yeah. Uh, did they live in the same home? All the families live in the same they home did. together. They did. That makes it more difficult, much more. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, my uh, my father had two wives, and they didn't live in the same home. And I know that there was the jealousies, but that it it, it lowers the the argumentative times when you don't live in the same home. So Absolutely. That way. <laughs> you, you mentioned that your relationship with God began as a young child and that you first met Him in a thunderstorm. Would you tell uh, I did. Uh, the, story, the story there? In my, life, in my life, I was abused a lot, and so I found myself trying to get away from the situation. And so I would, I would um, 
either hide in a room that was locked because we would dig holes in the wall to get into these rooms oh. or I would run outside and I would, I would hide in a field or in a sh shrub and um, a thunderstorm started and as a child most children are afraid of thunderstorms. I know some of mine are mm -hmm. but I was not. I wasn't afraid in fact. I was, it was, it gave me peace. It was the first time that I think I felt hmm. peace. Something bigger and stronger than you. Absolutely. He, you. I mean, God told me I'm bigger than all of this wow. in that thunderstorm. I, I can help you and I'm bigger than these men. And you don't have to do what they tell you to do. Hmm. And he was... It was amazing. So and every time there was a thunderstorm peace. after that, you looked forward to the yes, thunderstorm? Yes, yes. And you took refuge it, in them? Absolutely, absolutely. I remember one time we got stuck in my father. He lived, he had his own room in, in the garage. And some of the children were stuck there because we were playing around in there. And there was a thunderstorm and the mothers were trying to get the children out into the house and they were afraid for our lives. But I remember thinking... Well, I can just walk out there. God's not going to attack me. <laughs> How old were you? I was probably I was probably about four or five. Wow! And uh, that, that's magnificent for a young a youngster that that young to to not be afraid of thunderstorms like that. Finding God in that. There then there's some who say that because of thunderstorms they were afraid of God. Really? So it's oh. amazing that you found him there. You know, the Bible says that we can come to God only through Jesus Christ. Um, and, and so you, found, you, you, you found, started learning a little bit about God in the thunderstorm. But what did you learn about Jesus in, as you were growing up? Did you know I, very much about him? You know, in the polygamous yeah. church, I, I didn't know anything about Jesus. They, they never were, mentioned it all growing up. They didn't. Not at all. I, well, okay. The, the only time they mentioned it was that he um, helped Heavenly Father create the world. And that was the only time that they had mentioned it. So I had never heard about Jesus Christ until my mom, when, until my mom left my father. And we, I was much older and she would talk about him, and she would read a book called Josephus, and he was a historian back in Jesus' time who mm -hmm. validated Jesus' story and who he was. Mm -hmm. And so my mom fell in love with that book, and it, and it um, you know, it, it gave her some confusion. Mm -hmm. I remember her just confused about the book and then about the teachings of Mormonism because it contradicted. It's so different. Yes. Uh -huh. And in the Bible it says that God is not the author of com uh, confusion. That's right. And so it, um, it certainly wasn't the same Jesus. Uh -huh. uh, when I really, I, I was trying to think about this, I was trying to think, the first time I got to know Jesus' love and his his sacrifice, the importance of his sacrifice. And it took me a while to realize this, but it was actually when my husband had a spiritual experience, when he, one night after he had donated his kidney to his dad, and we forgot to wake up and give him his pills, and he was in su such excruciating pain that Jesus came to him and told him who he was and that he loved him and, you know, told him the importance of his you know, his death, 
his sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing because I never thought about that story until the last minute today until God came to me and said, don't you remember I came (laughs) to your husband? And I was like, oh my gosh. And that's when, that's when I started learning a little bit more about Mm -hmm. who Jesus is. So you was. didn't, did you know why that Jesus died on the cross as you, when you were growing up? Did you learn that he died? And yeah, he died for our my sins mom would talk a little bit about Jesus died, you know, died on the cross. I mean, I've seen movies mm-hmm. of, you know, what happened and that made me mm-hmm. sad, but I didn't know the significance of why he died. Um, and we could get into this a little bit later too. How old were you when you first started learning about when you were being taught about polygamy? Um, were, were, did you understand it when you first started hearing about it? Were you kind of like lectured into it as you were growing older? No, I wasn't at all. Uh, that wasn't a pressure that I had. Well, that's nice. My mother hated polygamy all her life, and she wasn't going to do that to me. And mm. so she never pressured me, never told me that that's what I had to do. I never thought about marrying into a family with other wives. I never wanted to because of how I felt about men. In fact, um, at age 12, when I first started thinking about men, um, I, it was because I wanted children. Mm-hmm. I knew that I loved children and I wanted them, but at, at that time I thought, well, maybe I'll adopt. I didn't want to get married at all. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll be 26 or... So so your mother didn't teach you or did your father teach you or did your group meetings teach you that polygamy was a requirement to get to heaven, to please God, to, to become a God, that you didn't learn any of those things while you were growing it, up? There was bits and pace, pieces of that in there, but I actually didn't really learn that stuff until I joined the LDS. And that's Church. when you learned it all, huh? Yes. <laughs> that's kind of ironic, isn't it? So you didn't learn that you must become a plural wife then when you became older. You didn't no. grow up well, with that hanging it, over it was, your head. It was when I was married that, that that thought had crossed my mind that I thought, well, maybe that's what I was supposed to do. But I knew that polygamy was wrong. And so I, that was frustrating, thinking, mm-hmm. well, if I and my husband and my children are going to be together forever, is this something that I need to do? And I, even out loud, I would just say, well, God's just going to have to tell me himself to live it because I'm not going to live it. No man is going to tell me, not even a prophet. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, That's I good. left it at that. Good thinking there. Uh, eligible females in the AUB, were they, were they able to date? Could they go out on dates or were they to keep themselves until the man that they were supposed to marry came along? You know, there wasn't a whole lot of dating going on in the polygamous church. It was more of courting, um, if you were going to be married. Uh, um, some people probably dated. I could mm-hmm. not date. I know uh, some groups don't allow it at all. Yeah. And I just wondered if you be. It depends. When it you depends were. on who you were. Uh-huh. Like, um, if you were popular, and you begged your parent to date, they would probably let you, but I was not Mm, one of the more popular children in the group. You met your husband-to-be when you were 15 years old. Yes. And you, of course, ended up marrying him. Would you tell the story of how that came about and if there was another man in the picture that that maybe they wanted you to marry? And and how, just tell us about that. Yes. Um, I met my, well, at at age 15, it was... um, 
in the fall of, in October, it was a week before Halloween, and I, um, I didn't know, at first when I met him, I didn't know if I wanted to be with him. I was very intrigued by him. He was very handsome. Was he part of the group? And he, his parents? He was. He came in the group with his parents. Uh, but I was still a little afraid. I, I remember when he wanted to hold my hand the, for the first time, I pulled it away because I was afraid. I didn't like male contact at all. <laughs> so you were still afraid of men at that time? Still. Yes. Yes. But, um, you know, God ended up telling me that I was, I was supposed to marry this man. And before, before my childhood, and at this time, I, I stopped communicating with God. And so that was the first time for a very long time that God communicated with me again. Why did you stop communicating with him? Um, over that time, I became angry with him. Why? Just because of what was going on with our family. A lot of heartache. Uh, my mom would cry every night and come into my room and, you know, wonder what she was doing wrong, that she couldn't, she couldn't work herself there. She wouldn't, she couldn't make it work. It was, didn't matter what she did. She couldn't mm -hmm. be good enough. And so that was heartbreaking to me, I, I thought. How could you allow this to happen? How could you? And so over... So you were asking God that. Why did you allow this to happen to, yes. him, to your mother? Yes. And so at that time I had, you know, stopped... I had stopped talking to him. Mm. And, um, you know, we can't... God can't make us love him. So he'll back off mm, like no, the gentleman he is. He'll never leave us or forsake us either. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so he... He finally spoke to me and he said, this is the man you're supposed to marry. And I was, I was actually very pleased with that because my husband was very different than the men in the group. He was a gentleman and he, he never acted like he was better than I was and he, mm. or any other women. And, and was he as attracted to you as you were to him? He was. He was. He actually asked about me before I had met him, I believe. And so he put it off because he thought I was too young. That's good. And so, um, but yeah, he was different, and I liked that. Mm -hmm. I liked that he... So was there talk when you were, when you were dating or courting or whatever you did about polygamy? Like maybe that, that didn't come until after you were married? It didn't come before you were married? What's... We didn't, we rarely talked about it. I don't think he ever intended to live it. It's amazing to me talking with you that, that um, most of the, well... 99% of the people that we talk with that were raised in a polygamy group uh, always hear about polygamy, uh, you know, and you don't. You don't. <laughs> well, I heard about polygamy in the group. It wasn't I mean, a big I was deal living in, in a polygamous family, but my mom never emphasized that. Yeah, and she that's actually ta talked about I, Jesus a lot more. I, I wish more mothers that were, were in polygamy groups, all the polygamy groups, I wish there were more mothers who have suffered like your mother suffered. I wish they would do the same thing she did and say, I don't want my daughters to have to go through this yes. and, and study Jesus and really learn the love of God and, and pull them away from it. I, I, you know, it, it's really a very she good story. She was a story very good that, mother and sacrificed uh, a lot. So, so you got married and you were both still in the group when you got married? Um, actually, no, we didn't marry in the group. Um, we, they did not want us to be together. Uh, they, 
they felt like my husband was too good for me. I was not good oh. enough to be with him. And my husband didn't like that. And we thought, well, maybe we should leave. And my mom actually encouraged it just a little bit. Mm -hmm. She wrote a letter to their prophet and just said, these two need to be together. And the more you fight with them, the more you're going to draw them together. And it's inevitable. It's going to happen. So we gave it a little bit of time, and we ended up together anyway. Mm -hmm. But we were actually married in the mainstream church. So you left the polygamy group yes. and joined the Mormon church. Yes, I was baptized before I was married. Uh-huh. We were married. What made you decide to do it that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked what the mainstream church had to offer. They uh -huh. emphasized that children were more important. In the group, children are nobody. They were just be seen You're and not heard kids, at yeah. all. And so I liked that they were they were more important. They let, you know, they let them do a lot more. I mean, younger boys were passing the sacrament. And in the polygamous group, young boys and younger girls didn't have any importance at all. It was the older men that passed the sacrament. Mm -hmm. and so you liked your kids to be more involved with that? And, Absolutely. And you were already familiar with the Mormon doctrine. So yeah. very probably it very was, little of it was new to you. It was comforting, and it was, you know, it was more comforting than mm -hmm. the polygamous church and so how was, old were you when you got married and and um, how long did you stay in the church I was 17 when I got married and I stayed in the in, in what church in the Plymouth the, in church the, in the Mormon church you were you were in the Mormon church when you got married at 17 yes, yes. Uh, how long were you members of the church I actually left this last May so you were in there several years several years several, several years. years I had six children did you find joy and fulfillment, spiritual fulfillment, as a Mormon? More as a Mormon than the poly in the polygamy group or even in either group? I thought about that. I thought, you know, I had more spiritual experiences in the polygamous group than I did in the LDS group. I cried a lot more. Emotionally, I was, I cried a lot more. And so I, I thought that was a spiritual experience. Huh. But... I, you know, there were certain things that comforted me about the LDS Church, but to tell the honest truth, it was more of a, you know, if we moved into a ward that was um, more social and sweeter, then I fell in love with that ward, and then if we moved into a ward that wasn't, then I had a hard time. Mm -hmm. So it was really more about the social, and it was more about what ward made, gave me more comfort, and... I found myself even in, you know, sacrament meeting, um, tr trying to focus more about Jesus Christ, and I would, I found myself crying whenever they would sing about Jesus Christ, but never any of the other songs. They never moved me, and mm -hmm. so as I would take the sacrament, I, I would tell myself, you know, I would, I would be frustrated with all of the noise, and I couldn't hear, and. It, so I, I would tell myself, well, you need to focus more on Jesus Christ. You need to focus when they have the sacrament and to remember his blood and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. remember that. And so mm -hmm. I would try to do that more. But, I mean, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed my friends and I enjoyed my family and I enjoyed doing stuff with my children and but my you husband. Did, did, did you find that fulfillment, though, that no. you were looking for? You need you, no. you needed that, and you weren't. You no. you, you kind of had pulled away from God, and 
and, and, and so did you get closer to God in the Mormon church or did you find yourself? I, I think that when I introduced you, um, I pulled from what information we had talked before where you said you're just tired of a empty religion. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you found it in, to be yeah. in the, in the I, LDS I church. I was actually getting really frustrated with being told. I had questions and being told that it wasn't revealed yet or in this life we can't know everything. And I, I, had, I was frustrated with things that didn't make sense, you know, that even a couple of my children brought up. The fact that when we, you know, when we leave this life that that they would say, well, Mom, you and Dad will be in your own planet, and we'll be on our own planet with our husbands. And I thought families are supposed to be together forever, but we're not going to be together. We're going to be on our own planet. And I had a couple children come to me with this one, and I, mm -hmm. I never thought about that one. But there were some other ones that bothered me. I mean, as a child growing up, I, I heard about the pre-existence and the war in the heaven, and I thought, well, if it's heaven, why do they have a war? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, why would they? It's supposed to be a peaceful, wonderful place. Why would they have such an awful thing going on? And so I, I had problems with some of the stuff. And because of who I knew God was and how much He loved us, I had a problem with the fact that they didn't emphasize that more, mm -hmm. that God loves you, just give it to God, yeah, He'll they're, help you. Their they're, they're big um, focus, of course, is works. Yes. Um, and, and so you can't turn to God because you've got to do it yourself, and, and that's obvious. Uh, what was the difference in the, the works orientation uh, requirement from the polygamy group as opposed to the works requirements um, that the LDS Church taught? Well, in the polygamy group, as a child, or even a young adult, we didn't do anything. There was nothing that we had to do. We just had to you mind just, our own you business. You just went to heaven by doing nothing? They didn't really emphasize the young really? children to do anything. As you got older, I mean, of course, I guess polygamy was what was going to bring you to heaven. <laughs> I don't know. Baby, yeah. <laughs> but in the LDS Church, they're very strict on what you know what's going to get you to heaven, and that's yeah. that's you have to attend the temple. You have to pay your tithing. You have to well, attend the sacrament meeting. Has a temple too, and they require the the same endowments and all of that. But, but you weren't in a you just weren't in a very strict AUB family. That's, that's no. got to be no. That. It wasn't. It wasn't very strict <laughs> at all. I do remember, though, going into the AUB with my younger sister, and and uh, we were very sorry. Well, we snuck in because it was very scary. And I remember thinking, well, wait a second. If this is where they do all their special stuff, why is it so scary? We were both like, this is, it feels really evil in here. <laughs> so you were scared all over again. Yes. <laughs> so, so I knew I wasn't going to go in there. How many children did you have? I had six. You had six children, and yes. that you had them all while you were an LDS member yes. of the LDS Church. Yes. So, w was your husband kind of on the same journey with you? Was he looking for fulfillment in in religion, as it were, and uh, was he looking for God? Was he looking for forgiveness? I think he understood who. I mean, I found God as a child, so I knew him. But I think he understood who God was before I did. I mean, I don't know. He would always say, "Why are you?" making such a big deal about this. I would just, I was trying to do the work so much. I was trying to, I was stressed out about certain things. I was, and he was just like, you need to just relax and give it to God. <laughs> you need to just, and I'm Good like, advice. 
<laughs> okay, well, you know, coming through the group, I was always worried, you know, well, if, if I don't, if I, you know, doing what's right, then I'm supposed to be unhappy because that's when Satan tempts us, when we're, we're doing what's right, and Satan is like, I don't like that. So, and he would, he would say, that's not how it works. God no. wants you to be happy. God wants and you so to I, have... he had to help me through a lot of just um, brainwashing that was, to him, was odd. And, and it is brainwashing. So you eventually left the LDS com church completely. You left behind all of the, the brainwashed L uh, Mormon doctrine, or polygamy doctrines as well, uh, behind. Yes. And you just left it all behind and, and became a Christian? Absolutely. Just because a few months ago. It felt more natural to be a Christian than to be a Mormon because it was like I was reunited with God. Mm -hmm. It was like meeting an old friend that I thought had died. Mm -hmm. And I said it out loud. I said, it's you. Wow. And it just made me cry because I'm like, where have you been? I've been... I've been sad without you. I needed your presence. Where have you been? Mm -hmm. And my, I, I want to emphasize my life through the LDS Church wasn't all horrible. I mean, me and my husband have a great marriage. My, I have beautiful children. But it was, it was the works that was killing me. Mm -hmm. I was so hard on myself. I was trying to work too hard. Um, I, I read a book called Miracle Forgiveness, and that was one of the hardest books I've ever read. I heard that from so many people. Because, you know, if I took it seriously, it presented an impossible gospel. Mm -hmm. And if you are saved by grace and works, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And I was. I remember laying in a bathtub one night crying and saying, Okay, God, I'm not important. I'm not important, and I'm not going to get myself there. But God, please help guide me to help my children get there. I had given up. And I remember telling my children this all the time. I remember saying, I don't know what happened. I used to have a relationship with God, but I don't know where it's gone. And I, I'm sad all the time, and I don't know what's wrong with me. And it wasn't that, you know, my life at home was unhappy because everything was working out for us. We were so blessed. I have a wonderful husband, beautiful children, a wonderful house. Everything was working out, but I was unhappy, mm -hmm. and I couldn't feel his presence. It was like once you had it, you know, as a child, and you kind of walked with him a little bit throughout your life, but the teachings of the, the Mormon church wasn't... They're not Christ-centered. No, they're, it, wasn't, it wasn't emphasized. Um, we are at the... Um, half hour part of the show so we need to take a break and we'll come back and talk some more and of course open up the telephone lines and allow our viewers to call in and ask you questions or make some comments and we've been talking with Marianne Woodward we'll be talking with her some more the, the second half hour as well All right, we're going to open up the phone lines now our number is 801-973-TV20 801-973-8820 so as you call in as we wait for your phone calls we will share our message with you What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I am your host, Doris Hansen, and we have been talking with a young lady who uh, was born and raised in the All Red Polygamy group, and she um, left the group and married um, her sweetheart, and they joined the Mormon church and had their family, and then they left the Mormon church and became biblical Christians. She's got quite a nice, sweet story to tell how she found God as a child and, and then got <clears throat> lost side of him for several years and and then rediscovered his love and and um, back into a relationship and communication with him and so we are um, continuing to talk with her but we have the phone lines open if you want to call in and ask her some questions we'd love to hear from you give us a call 801-973-TV20 don't wait until five minutes to nine to call in because then we may not be able to take your call so you might as well just call in now if you have something you'd like to say uh, we've been talking about the differences between the polygamy group and the LDS church. Did they make um, justification? Uh, what, what did they say when you were in the Mormon church? What did they say about their history of polygamy? Did they, they surely they knew that you were from the all-red polygamy group. Not all of them. <laughs> they didn't. Uh, <laughs> they didn't share it a oh. whole lot. So they all didn't know. And every time I went in for a temple recommend, I lie because they asked if you were affiliated with the polygamous group at all. and oh. I had to lie yeah. in order to go to the temple. Interesting. So, <laughs> I have family. I'm not going to stop. dad either, That's did right. 
So um, the people that did know, or, or even just being in the the, the LDS, did they talk about polygamy? Did they talk about the history of polygamy? Some in the of them church? would, and some of them were very intrigued. But I mentioned it; they would want to hear all about it. They were they were intrigued by it. Uh huh. But I don't think anybody thinks about it as, you know, part of the mainstream part Mormon of their church. own history I that's mean, right they know it was there once upon a time but they yeah. don't take ownership of it so absolutely they don't they yeah. don't they would never they would never live it <laughs> unless they were serious i mean every now and then you hear about somebody leaving the mainstream church mm -hmm. and joining the oh, LDS yeah. church oh, yeah. or the polygamy church yeah, because yeah. they knew they had to live it I know people that's done that uh, there's some different doctrinal beliefs in mormonism and christianity and I want to ask you about a few of them. And, and some of these are very difficult for people who come out of the Mormon culture, whether it's polygamy or Mormon church, mm -hmm. and into biblical Christianity. It's very difficult for them to, to believe that it isn't true. And I, I want to ask you how easy or difficult it was for you to deal with some of these different teachings. The first one I want to ask you about is families are forever. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a hard one. That, did that really shake you? And it you did, actually, it when teach? I found out that the, the Mormon church was not true. I, I struggled with that one. I actually questioned whether families were, were important to God. And I... I had a nightmare the night that night that my family, you know, they all died and I could never see them again. Hmm. And so that I struggled with that for a mm -hmm. little while. And mm -hmm. as I read the Bible, I realized that it was even more perfect mm -hmm. the way God laid it the out than the Mormon church lays it out because we all can be together, mm -hmm. literally together. We're not on our own planets. We're not right, right. working even in heaven. We're, we have peace in heaven. We and don't. families are important to God. He's the one who invented fam the family unit, marriage and the family and the whole bit. So God loves families. That's right. And Jesus was born in a family, too. Wasn't That's he? right. <laughs> okay, well, before I ask you some of these others, let's take a phone call here. Michael calling from West Valley. Hello, Michael. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. What is your question? Uh, I don't really have a question. I just want to tell you I really appreciate the things that you're doing. Uh, in Deuteronomy 17, 17, it talks about that there shouldn't be we shouldn't take care of ourselves with multiple wives and things like that. Mm -hmm. I work with a group of people right now that, you know, are trying to come out of Mormonism and that. I came out of it. I was a member of the LDS Church for about 36 years. Uh, I worked as an elders quorum president, a seventies group leader, high priest group leader, uh, taught Sunday school and several other things in the church. But I, I'm really proud of what you're doing, and I, I want to tell this lady here that she's really done an amazing thing being able to come out of that. That's right. Thanks. That's all I had to say. That's right. Thank, Thank you. you, Michael. And it is a challenge. It is a challenge for people to leave, uh, whether it's the LDS Church or a polygamy group. Sometimes it can be harrowing. Yes. It can be very, very debilitating because of the pressures and the shunning and, and the criticism yeah. uh, that can take place. I, it doesn't sound like you had as rough a time as, <laughs> as some people have, but it can be. It, it can be. So oh, I'm grateful that you didn't have that hard of a time. Um, an off-the-air question. Um, why, were you married in the temple? And did your bishop ever 
suggest you take antidepressants? I was sealed in the temple when we had our fourth child. That we were sealed in the temple as a family, and my, no, he he didn't never mention that. Him. I wasn't openly depressed. I always saved that for my bedroom. Mm. So I was trying to stay strong, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I and was that's what crumbling. Happens. It's what happens to a lot of them. They stay strong on the uh, on the the outside, but in this inside, they're crumbling. They're crumbling, like you say, yeah. in, in their home and in their bedrooms. Very good point. Okay, line two. Matt calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Matt. Yep. Yes, you're on the air. What's your question? I was just wondering. Um, you know, going to a biblical Christian, uh, what you told your six kids before it happened, and one of some of the tougher questions that they asked after you told them? Um, I tried to share it with them. Some of them didn't want to listen to me, and so I respected their wishes. Um, I think I think for them it's just it, it threatens their whole life when you turn it upside down and tell them that what we lived, um, not everything, but some of the teachings that we lived were not true. And, um, after a while, they handled it really well. They they respect me as a parent and love me very much. And you know, we have a great family unit. Our my husband was very um, wonderful through this whole thing, and my children came around, and it, it worked out well. So good. That's that's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Matt? No, that's it. Thank you for answering my question. Thank you. Mm-hmm, thank you. And there are some families again where the the children um, will remain in in the in the, either the polygamy group or the church while their parents leave, and and then there's that uh, sadness that that they can't be together uh, because the one of them thinks the forever family and that they've lost the family, and the other one knows that isn't true. But like you said, God has a better plan yeah. than the forever family anyway. Absolutely. And if, if they could just understand that, and the fear, the horrible fear that comes from leaving those groups are, are very bad. And, and, and I'd like to mention on the fear part, I don't know if you suffered a lot of fear. I know many, many people do, if leaving. And the fear in First John chapter 4, it tells us that, uh, God is love, and perfect love drives out fear. And 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 uh, God doesn't cause us to fear like that. No. It's not and from God. It was different for me because yeah. I knew who God was. Yeah, you leaving did. wasn't difficult for me at all. And I never looked back. Were you threatened by anybody that you left behind, either in the the Mormon Church or the polygamy group, about you've lost your salvation? You know, you're a little really bit, doomed. but not much. Not That's much. Good. I, you know, my friends and family respect me and I've lived a life where you know I love them unconditionally and I think they recognize that they're a little mm-hmm. confused some of them but yeah, yeah that they've left me alone so, for the most part that's good well, that, that's great you've had a, a, a relatively smooth I've heard <laughs> okay another one of those difficult doctrines that are different is the pre-existence what did how difficult did you find that one and how have you have you dealt with that is it okay now or are you still <laughs> <laughs> the pre-existent was something that I, I guess I needed to believe in, but I, I didn't want to believe in it. In a way. <laughs> I mean, I love the part where I thought, oh, me and my husband chose each other out, and yeah. we chose our children. 
But the other, the other thing was, is if I believed in the pre-existence, I believed in the other stuff that came with it was, you know, the, the war in yeah, heaven. Awful. And <laughs> and so it just didn't, it didn't work for me. And that was one of those things I'm like, I'm so glad. So <laughs> it wasn't difficult for you then? No. Wow. Oh, that's good. Most people, it's, it's really quite a shock that they didn't pre-exist. <laughs> okay, we have Jim calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Jim. Hello. Hello, Jim. You're on the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you welcome the, I don't know what your name is, the lady that... This is Mary. You welcome the Christian, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, you know, um, I find that the LDS, uh, LDS and Brigham, uh, Brigham, uh, Brigham in the same... Um, because it brought, uh, she was the same belief. They're right? I'm sorry, say that again? We couldn't understand you, Jim. Would you say that more clearly? Okay. Um, I'm not understanding uh, uh, LDS and Brigham. And I thought the same because uh, she was the deal both uh, church. Are you talking about polygamy? In the LDS, the same. Um, right? Well, in the in the mainstream church, they they live a sort of polygamy when they're sealed in their temples to other wives, and so they still believe in polygamy. They just don't talk about it. But they they they, they believe in Mormon. Yes, yes, which tells you that. You know, you are not allowed to take another wife, but the Doctrine and Covenants tells you that you are for your salvation, so they, they contradict each other. Mm-hmm. They, they know that how, how people believe if somebody own story, not build, the Bible is, like Jesus say, that somebody come after me and use my name. How LDS is, you know. Use Jesus' name. He already say that, you know. And if somebody come uh, after me, they can use my name to steal from people and, and lie and all Jim, those what? stuff. How people that follow somebody's story, they make his own story. Okay, Jim. What what is your point? What what point do you want to make with this? Did you? I, my point is that the same belief. You know, LDS because Jesus make both sides. Okay. Well, thank you for your call. We have another call coming in. We appreciate your call. Thank you. I'm sorry, but I had a hard time understanding what he was saying. Did you? I did, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Sorry, Jim. We couldn't understand a lot of what you said. Okay, we have Janet calling uh, from Kearns in line two. Hello, Janet. Uh, yes. I, I have a um, comment about Mary's comment when she said she had to lie in order to go through the temple. <laughs> and I've got grandchildren that uh, and they're grown and married now, but... Uh, their girlfriends, you know, we were discussing things, and they were having relations with young men and doing a lot of things that they shouldn't have been doing. And I said, well, 
how can you get married in the temple if you've been messing around with these fellows? He says, well, you don't think we tell our bishop that? <laughs> Everybody has to lie and, and keep their nose clean in front of people in order to go to the temple and be married in the temple. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hang up and listen to the uh, answer, if I may. Well, thank you, Janet. And uh, before, you, before you answer, I'd like to say, who knows our hearts and who really knows what's going on? Only God does. Only God, <laughs> and he knows. So we can lie all day long to our bishop, but God knows. <laughs> it is one of the commandments. Thou shalt not lie, but we find ourselves lying all the time so that we can get what we want, so that we can so, have the blessings. So, uh, oh, blessings for lying. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so in those questions, you say you lied to get into the temple. How, and, and to hear her phone call, evidently that happens all the time. I'm surprised they didn't pick up on my lying because I I felt uncomfortable about lying, but I I wanted to get to the temple because I believed that that was going to give me blessings. What happens if you got into the you did get into the temple after and and nobody discovered that you had lied, but say three or four months later they discovered that you were from a polygamy group? What would have happened? They wouldn't have done anything. Hmm. Huh. It depends. It depends on what bishop, I guess. I know that some people have had a hard time with their bishops, but I've been really lucky. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know. They're different people, different for different people. That's true. Another question, do you know the Lafferty brothers? Did you know them? No. Okay. The answer is no. <laughs> okay. Um, comparing uh, the polygamy group with the Mormon church with Christianity. Let's talk about the working to be worthy or grace versus works. What, what is the difference in your transition? You made the full journey there. <laughs> what is the difference in, in what the one taught above the other and now into biblical Christianity? Um, in, in the polygamous church, obviously, um, like I said before, I, I didn't really do anything. I... I was sheltered, and my mom didn't really talk about polygamy, and so I was just, I mean, she taught us how to behave and all of those things, the mm -hmm. importance of, of the commandments and stuff like that, and so I was trying really hard to be a good person. But no big works salvation you weren't uh, no, burdened with in the polygamy no. group. No, and I know that's different for other people that different. have come out of the polygamy mm -hmm. church. Um, in the LDS church, it was harder for for me, mm -hmm. because it was based on works heavily. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. At one time, mm -hmm. I had three callings, because other people in the ward were tired of holding a calling, and so they would get, come up with excuses not to take a calling. Was one of the verses when you uh, were, were making the transition, were one of your uh, powerful verses in Ephesians, where you're not saved by uh, works, but by yes. grace. What yes. did that do to you when you uh, read that? You know, that was huge. That was huge. I mean, God forbids us to boast about what we do. Uh -huh. And he said, I, I did this for you. I, I, you know, you are saved by grace. Not by works. Not by works. You cannot boast about your works at all. It, it, it leaves you above other people. You're arrogant. You, you're not humble. I, this was a gift. It was mm -hmm. a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And I love another scripture where it says that, you know, God says, you evil people, 
you know, you fathers who give gifts to your children, what more should I give to you? And I'm, yeah. I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. I want to give a gift to you and you don't accept it. Yeah. You say, I don't want it to work. I don't want your gift. I'd rather work for it. That's right. And, and, then, and then there's that thinking, well, it's such a wonderful gift. How could it be free? I know. And that's a hard one for people to grasp. Especially when you're from a works-based religion. Absolutely. Very like they can't fathom, you know, God loves us so much. He mm -hmm. loves us mm -hmm. so much. I mean, I've read three near-death experiences and they all tell you, emphasized on his love and, and and you know the thing is it wasn't free it's free to us That's but right. there was a payment made absolutely and it was made on the cross and how would it be if we uh went you know and and, and purchased something at the store and and as we walked out the door we bought it at the counter walked out the door and the guy at the door says wait you got to pay for that but i paid for it over here That's well right. you got to pay again <laughs> And that's it doesn't what, make sense. That's what it is when we try to buy or work for our, salve, our our eternal life because Jesus already made the payment. That's right. It's like us standing underneath the cross and saying, I'm sorry, I know you did this, and it was a really huge thing to do, and us spitting on him and saying, I'm... You know, I'm going to keep working. I'm, you um, know, I'm you not paid gonna, the price. I'm not going to trust what you did. I'm going to trust what I do. That's right. That That's is right. a slap in the face, isn't it? It really is. It really is. My my mom used to tell me all the time, I mean, you're just you're just spitting Jesus in the face by saying that or doing that. Yeah. And it, you Your know, mother was a wise woman. Very wise. wise woman. She was she cared about her salvation. Mm -hmm. And she emphasized Jesus Christ a lot. But mm -hmm. she she didn't have it right for so long. She was still working. Yeah. Yeah, I know that too. Um very quickly, what about the doctrine that Jesus is God, he is not our brother, and he is not Lucifer's brother? I didn't get that for a while, and I read John, John 1, 1. Yeah. <laughs> and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word, I, I mean, I can't, I can't exactly say it, but it just basically mm -hmm. lays out the Word is, God and, and with word, God and, and the, the word, word is was God, God and the word was God and, and he came and dwelled he came in flesh and dwelled among and us and I'm like I said it out loud I said Jesus is God yeah, <laughs> and yeah. one of my daughters said Jesus is God I'm like oh yes he is it says it right here yeah. and, and he's the only was, God there is there's only one God and Jesus yes is God. it says it throughout the whole Bible there's mm -hmm. only one God yeah yeah Okay, well, we are approaching, um, our time is, is running out. Uh, Mary, it's so refreshing to have you here. We appreciate your, your willingness to come and talk about your story. And um, we are grateful that you've had a relatively easy transition. That's rare. And, He's and blessed me on that one. <laughs> he certainly has. And you know, we speak frequently with people who have escaped from polygamy groups. And more and more we hear are hearing from the younger generation. We hear that they are growing sick and tired of the absolute control of their lives. And they're tired of, their, of the, the people who are controlling their minds and destroying their dreams by the dictators of the polygamy group. 
groups. And we do and we hope and, and pray for you and encourage you to do what they are afraid that you will do, and that's to take the courage and the boldness to step out and take a look at God as the Bible teaches and get a different perspective. And if you do this, you'll see that the Lord is good. You'll learn about his love for you and for the whole world, and you'll be amazed at the real God. He isn't what you've been taught that he is, and he isn't the author of polygamy. You'll learn about his true plan of eternal life, and you'll discover that polygamy has nothing to do with it, but that Jesus has everything to do with it. You see, they have caused polygamy to take the place of Jesus. They don't teach that Jesus is the source of all we are and want to be. They've made their group the source and the Savior, and they've made polygamy the means, and they've also made eternal polygamy the reward. They've relegated Jesus to a lower place in their organized religious structure. And you deserve to know the truth. The young people growing up in polygamy groups need to know the truth while they're still young. The truth according to Jesus. So step out. Ask God to make himself known to you. For the Bible says, if we seek him with all our hearts, he will be found by us. The true God is good and to know him is to love him. So seek him, seek the truth in Jesus. And thank you. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again. Mm -hmm.